0: your heart get ready to receive yeah one of the mothers of the football players he is going to become an eagle scout and she is so impressed how we fed them here you know for a game that i think zach did she get you to do a reference did he have you do a reference for his eagle scout i think yeah he was one of his students and uh Anyway, she wants to invite Zach and Danielle and me and Lucia to come to his whatever they do when they get their Eagle Scout. I don't know if that's going to work out or not for us, but that's very kind of her to think that way, think highly of our church. She had been attending another church in town, but it wasn't very convenient for her. She works at Godfather's, and... uh, Neat thing about it is she just lives across the street over here. So she said, well, I just live across the street from your church. I said, well, you should come sometime if you're having to miss quite a bit, you know. But uh, anyway, we're affecting people. Do you want to affect people? You talk to people. I have my friend from Michigan. I think I've mentioned him before, Johnny Carquin. He is an Armenian, six foot four, big old long nose. He came and came to one semester of college just to hang out with us guys because he was already an engineer. And uh, he he told them he needed to take a couple of math classes. And so they gave him a month, a, a semester off, and let him come down and go to class with us. And I had tournament softball teams that I coached. And so these athletes, he was one of them, would play for me, and we played all over the Springfield area, and we won like six or seven tournaments. I had all these, I had former pro football players playing for me, and college uh, football players, and i tell you what, I just stuck my name in wherever I didn't have a player. If it was right field, or first base, or right center, I played third base one tournament, but Anyway, it was a lot of fun, but John was he was a little bit on the worldly side, and he'd gone to church pretty regular at Brightmoor Assembly of God Church in Detroit, North Detroit area. It's a big church. Anyway, something happened with his Labrador named Buddy, and it caused him to seek the Lord. Can you imagine a pet being the witnessing tool that brings somebody into complete submission to Christ? Absolutely. But it touched his heart, and now he's been witnessing every day. And if you want to see something, I'll show you a text or two I've gotten from him. He sends me a text every day, and he'll say, This is Jim down at the coffee shop in the such and such mall, and I shared the devotional from Brightmore, devotional booklet and a salvation track. And I asked him if he wanted the salvation track and he said, gladly. And so he, he's got all these people he's been given devotional booklets and salvation tracks to and, and uh, he always says, please pray for them that the Lord will move upon their heart and open them up to ask Jesus to be his their Savior. And uh, it's just so cool. And I'll tell him, man, you're becoming the Pied Piper of Buddy uh, and leading all these people to know who Jesus is. It's really cool. But he, he was just reelected the whatever, head, president of the, the Railway Engineers Union. He is the union boss. And that's, quite, and let me tell you, that's a testimony. When you're a full-blown Christian, you're over the union, but uh, this guy's up there, he's powerful, he's got a powerful position, but anyway, we're going to talk some tonight, I've shared some on this topic in the past, but I felt led to come back to it instead of trying to develop another message on love and peace, I thought I'd covered that pretty well, so and yet, Pastor Ken reminded me that the word love is in my text. Anyhow, so we're going to talk about the power of the tongue tonight and how uh, we've got to unblock curses that try to rob us of the blessings of the Lord. How many know the enemy's trying to rob you? He wants to block you from getting the blessings that God has for you. He wants you to be blessed. Amen. Let's look at the text, and we're going to talk about the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So the power of the tongue can have death in it or it can have life. You know, do you, what do you find yourself saying? every day, around your day, when you wake up in the morning. You know, I used to always, as I got older, I'd swing my legs off the bed and say, oh my, I got to get up. And, you know, that's kind of negative. I met a guy that was a missionary to Mexico named Greg Niemer. He's a Lebanese that found Jesus and became a missionary out of Ken Summerall's Bible College. And Greg, he said, I always put my legs off the side of the bed, and I say, look out, devil, I'm awake. And I said, that's a good way of looking at it. You know, he has Jesus, and the power of God as his focus when he first wakes up in the morning. And I reminded Hank how he we went fishing, and I, I didn't sleep because they were snoring, and he wakes up, swings his legs off the bed, throws his cap on and says, let's go fishing. And I was like, how can anybody be that perky at 5.30 a.m. in the morning? But he was. But our tongue has a lot to do. It goes from our brain to our tongue, and it goes into the atmosphere. So are you speaking negative words, or are you speaking positive words? Because there's power of death and of life. In the tongue. And like I told you about Guadalajara, I went there and Isaac was my translator. And that man died four rows back, deader than a doornail. His head back over the seat, white as a sheet, no breath, nothing coming out of him. And I went back there. I was so mad at the devil. And I just put my hand on his chest and I said, No, devil! Death, you've got to let him go. Life come back into this body. And that man gulped a big gulp of air and sat up like, what on earth happened? And before I got back to the front, people ran to the altar to get healed. At least a hundred. That was Guadalajara. And I pray for people all the way down the line. And we saw miracles that night. But it all started when they saw the miracle of death leaving death, coming back to life. And I didn't think about it. I was under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and I felt the power of God. I just got mad at the devil. You've got to get mad at the devil and speak the words of life from God's Word. Amen? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of statements here along the way. Many times, this is the first one, many times we... I'm just going to read off the screen because I get bugged with these glasses. But many times we curse ourselves by the words that we speak. You know, oh my, my back is killing me today. You say that, it might, yep. you know. Don't give in to those thoughts. I don't feel good always in the morning. I drink my coffee but then I make myself go back into my bedroom, and I've got a weight bench in there, and i got some dumbbells laying there. And I make myself lay down, pick up those dumbbells, and do my exercises. Today, I did 75 curls, 75 military press, 75 bench press, 75 bench press this way. Laying down, of course, you know, on an inclined bench. And I, I just do, usually I'd do seven. I did 75 rowing, you know, and it was with 15-pound dumbbells. So that's 30 altogether. That's not a heavy, heavy weight, but when you do 75, it feels like 100 pounds by the time you get to number 75. But <laughs> I didn't feel like doing it, but I went and I did it anyway. I said, no, I'm going to exercise I'm going to feel good. And you know what? By the time I got dressed after my shower and I went out to my car, I felt good. You've got to have a mindset, you've got to have an attitude that doesn't give in to the negative. You've got to stay positive with what you're doing. See, if we let ourselves, old age will overcome us. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm at least going down fighting you know, before my time comes. I'm going to keep at it. Number two, we release promises by our creative words. Everybody needs to have dreams and visions. So we release the promises of God by our creative words. I remind the Lord about The fact that when I turned 60, I said, Lord, I had a vision. And I forget how many years ago it was then. But when I was 60, at least it was 30-something years that I had a vision on my knees in prayer in 1985. And that vision has not taken place altogether. There's little smidges of it here and there. But we haven't seen the fulfillment of what I saw. I said, Lord, am I going to see that? And I said, give me a gold filling, anything. I told you the story of the gold tooth. Well, you know what? My grandchildren don't all understand that. And Lyrica's in the nursery right now. But the kids were over with their children on Sunday afternoon. And and Lyrica had come over. And the other kids have already left. And she was there. And I was playing with her, having fun. and And then... Uh, I forget what she said, but I said, look, Papa's got a gold tooth. She looked in there. She's She can't say it very well yet. She said, gold tooth. She said, Papa, it's stuck. It's stuck in there. I said, yeah, God put it there. She said, it's stuck. Gold tooth, stuck. I said, yes, it is. And it's going to stay there because in the morning, if I ever get a little question in my mind, God, are you going to do what you promised? Well, by my own words, when Dave Downey and I went to Mexico, we ate a dinner here at the church. Some of the young adults made a dinner for the pastors and so on. Y'all remember that? And we ate dinner on Saturday night out in the coffee bar area at a table, and then we drove after the dinner to St. Louis and stayed at the hotel right by the airport so we could just get on the plane the next morning. When we got to Mexico, I had a, a appointment scheduled. That's why, see, I prayed that night on, I don't know if Dave was asleep or awake, we shared a room, he was in the other bed, I was in my bed, and we were just cruising, and getting ready to go on our trip, and, and I was praying, Lord, just do this. And that's when I prayed about the gold filling. He didn't put a gold filling. He gave me a gold crown. Don't you know Jesus does things better than you ask? Yeah. But the promises, it was connected to the promises of God, to a vision that I've never let go of for 38 years. In January this coming January, be 39 years. I don't know if God's going to make me be like Moses to where, you know, I might need a translator or something or, or everything's already white, you know, if I have to wait 40 years to get a glimpse of the promised land or what. But anyway, I'm not disbelieving. Do not ever disbelieve God's promises. We release His promises by our creative words. So you know what I do? I pray it, Caleb, almost every day. Yep. I pray it. I pray the Lord's Prayer. Then I go to the Jabez Prayer. Then I get to that place after the Jabez Prayer. Where I said, Lord, let me do my purpose so that I can operate in the mission to fulfill the vision that completes my destiny. And that means getting that vision complete one day. And then I'm going to turn it over to Zach and I'm going to kick back and put my feet up. I don't know if I'll ever do that. But there is a lot of work to be done in the vision. I'm not ever giving up on it, you see. And I got this tooth. I look. Chelsea gave my wife this mirror. And it's got a light. You just touch the base and it comes on. Anyway. I get down there and I look in my mouth just to see that gold tooth and that makeup mirror. And I'm telling you, that thing is a dandy. And so I, I proclaim it every day. I've got a, a sheet, a cardboard, whatever, a poster board, with a kind of a crude drawing of the vision down on a poster board in my office, you know. You'd blow your mind if you ever come in there. You're welcome to come in and see me sometime and look at it. And then I've got a poster with how many people it would take to operate a Christian school and a Christian child care center and a Bible college and a vote and an IT school and uh, have a construction crew to build a low-income housing. I've got all these things in the vision in my head from the cradle through the retirement years or from the, uh, from the birthing to the grave, you know. Anyway, we want to cover all the bases and the vision. That means a nursing home, assisted living. I know somebody could help me uh, design that, don't we, Steve? He, he's, he's a master artist with assisted living and all that. He understands it. We need to have our own. We need to have our own nursing home. We need to have one with Christian personnel. We need to have a clinic. We need to have a counseling center. You see, all this needs to be Christian. It's a big vision. But see, you have to hang on to what you have in your heart. We release these promises by our creative words. And I call the money in. That's why the Jabez prayer is important. You know, bless me, bless me, bless me. Bless me indeed. May your hand be upon me. May you keep me from causing harm or pain. May you, uh, you know, enlarge my, my territories. Yeah, it's going to take that. We need to do these things. These things are awesome. Number three, positive words release good results. Negative words release bad results. You know, what does the world do? Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I've got this pain. I think, I don't know. It could be cancer because my mama died of cancer or my grandpa died of cancer, whatever's in somebody's lineage. You know, oh, my chest was hurting. Maybe I'm going to have a heart attack or a stroke, you know, because, you know, somebody in my family had that. And they confess a negative word. And sure enough, I'm going to tell you the devil will latch right onto that and help you out to reach it. But you can confess a positive word and say, that's not a heart attack, that's just a little indigestion. And I command it to line up with the word of God that says, by his stripes, I'm healed. Man, I thought I was having a heart attack three or four different times. Then I found out I had a bad gallbladder. What I was having was bad gallbladder attacks. They took that rascal out, you know. It's no longer in there. And I haven't had no heart attacks yet, you know, from it. I sure thought I was having one, though, a couple of times. Because that gallbladder, that can give you uh, all kinds of trouble. But anyway, I guess I didn't have to have it. You know, they took it, and it hadn't bothered me since. But let's see. But positive words release positive results. So be positive. So you release good results. And then we see number four, confession of words is misunderstood today. Yep. You know, a lot of people got the faith movement wrong years ago. Brother Dave, he used to go to Kenneth Hagin's church in Tulsa. Was it Tulsa? Oklahoma? And then he went to Kenneth Hagin's church down in Texas. But we know those men wrote some awesome faith books. But it wasn't to just confess Mercedes Benz and Cadillacs and things like that. If you make enough money, you can go buy a Cadillac, you know, confess a good job. You know, then you can have the money to buy a Cadillac if that's what you want. But the faith words that were to speak in God aren't just to get some kind of luxury item it should be something that God can give you to help you to be a better witness to help you to serve the kingdom more effectively you know John he's a mover he's got a moving company called grateful movers now he was thinking about buying a truck at first I told him won't you just rent u-hauls and and so on like that. Let them pay for the repairs, and so on. And uh, it's worked so far, hasn't it? But maybe one day he might want to have a fleet of trucks if he's that busy, and he's sending them all over the place. I don't know. That's his dream. But we speak blessings upon him and his company, and Chelsea. Chelsea's part of the company. But anyway, we speak blessings over them that they will be successful in all their endeavors there. So, you know, it's all right to confess the good things. Lord, bring me more customers and show me how to best utilize the resources that you give me so if I need trucks, I can buy them. If I don't have to buy them, that I can rent them, whatever it takes to get the jobs done, you know. So, you know, a confession of words is misunderstood. You know, like I told you about the girl up in House Springs, she wouldn't date this boy that was a Christian radio disc jockey. I said, why won't you go out with him? She said, well, he's not a minister. And the Lord told me I was going to marry a minister. I said, well, how do you know he's not going to become a minister? Because he's on the radio all the time. That seemed to work good for me to be on the radio. And then I started preaching a lot more, you know. Uh, But she had it in her head. It already had to be perfect. Well, you start confessing, maybe for a good husband, the Lord can turn him into a preacher. You see, sometimes we cut ourselves off. We misunderstand the confession of words. And I'll tell you another thing. You should confess the word that God gives you. If he's told you something, then you confess that. Speak it forth. Bless it to come into existence. You know, God spoke and the world came into order. You know, see the evolutionists and all them, they kind of had it partly right. They had all this stuff coming together and all this matter coming around in the universe and then all of a sudden, bang! And they said a big bang happened. What they didn't know was that it didn't take forever, you know, once the bang happened. And the bang was God slamming his fist down and saying, now! And the world came into order. Yep. And the earth and the water, and they separated, and all this happened, and eventually man, you know, was made out of the dust of the earth. And, you know, all the animals and plants and all that happened first. Then man, and then he took a rib out of him and made a woe man. You know, they said that because it's was woe man. Look what God did. yeah. But uh, he made woman also. And then he rested. That didn't mean he was tired. He just decided to enjoy looking at all his creation. The Sabbath was a time to set aside for meditation and thought and praise and worship for us. Adam and Eve worshiped the Lord, you know, and so on. We are worship. That's why we come together on our own Sabbath to worship the Lord, fellowship. Boy, wasn't that a fun dinner on Sunday? That was a good dinner. I even like Caleb's cookies. I ate one, it's chocolate chip. Do you make those? All right, keep it up. Maybe you'll be a dessert chef one day. We don't know. Do I have a number five? Well, let's see. Confession of words. No, no, a scripture. Okay, let's read the, the scripture. Uh, First, then, I better put my glasses back on, see what I'm doing. Yeah, Matthew 9, 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. Isn't that awesome? They followed him. Now they couldn't see him, so they either had to go by sound or they had to be listening to people that were gathered around. Anyway, they had to get people to help them get to him. And then he saw them. He didn't just immediately heal them. he, He let them come to him in the house. And he says, What? what do you want me to do? You want me to open your eyes? you believe that I can do this? They said, yes, Lord. Then he said, well, according to your faith. And their eyes were opened. Mm-hmm. According to your faith. What is it that you're believing for today? Mm-hmm. Something that you need to be blessed with. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking? Yes. John, what's one thing? What's one thing you're thinking that you need to be blessed with besides a healthy birth of a child? He's got a van that has broke down. Actually, the frame had been rusted, so he needs a frame underneath it. And you know what? Scobie said they could do it if, uh, if the guy went and looked. Did he look? Not yet. We used to need to start confessing and put it on the telephone. When are you going over to look at my van, you know. But hey, confess it. You need a van like that. If that one's not going to be fixed right, start confessing a better one. See, God doesn't want you just run around in junk. He wants you to have something that's decent and effective. You know, whether it's brand new or not. You know, it needs to be a decent good-working, efficient tool that you can utilize for your business or for your life. Sister Karen, you need a vehicle now still? She got rear-ended, her and Charlie. A what? A RAV4? uh, Yeah, Toyota RAV4. Danielle's mom drives one of those. Did you drive that one tonight, Danielle? No? No? you're driving one tonight oh so you're trying it out you need one of those yeah a lot of them have that though Uh, anyway i'll tell you what come up here i'll tell you this is how it works a lot of times He needs his Nissan fixed. Yeah. They've had vehicles break down in their family and then this accident. It's a transmission module. Transmission module. That they need, and Okay. Well. But we still all want it, so we yeah. want fix it. Well, Lord, you just heard what she said. Yeah. She needs a transmission module that is going to be reasonable, or Lord, you can just give it to him. You have a way of bringing that transmission module so that truck, that vehicle can be fixed. And Lord, she got her car wrecked. And just like the devil's trying to take our people out not being able to come and go, well, she, she likes that RAV4. There's nothing wrong with liking something. I don't want a RAV4, but she does. Lord, I ask you to give her 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 heart's desire. So we bless you, Karen, that you are going to get your RAV4 yes. and that God's going to provide it in the name of Jesus Christ because you need it. You need transportation. It might as well be something you like. Yes. What color you want? <laughs> I'd like to have something besides gray or silver, blue uh, or green or something. Oh, Lord, give her a blue, green or something one. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah, whoo, glory. You feel that? I felt it. I felt it leave my hand. That was like money. I don't know where the money was coming from, but it was going right through my hand. How about that? But he said, according to your faith. They needed to see. Caleb, I prayed for a man that same time. I told you all that story, how I went down the line. I prayed for a guy who's legally blind. He saw, went down, prayed for deaf ears, all kinds of stuff. Got down, a man in a wheelchair. I was really pumped up. Shoot, we saw a man raised from the dead, a blind man healed. I got down there. I said, this would be top it off, get a man out of a wheelchair. I put my hands on his legs. He's about 85 years old. And uh, they started shouting. I said, what happened, Isaac? He said, well, Pastor, he was blind, but God opened his eyes. I said, I didn't even pray for his eyes. I had my hands on his knees. But the power of God shut, up, shut right up in there all the way to his eyeballs and opened his eyes. Isn't that something? But what did he say? He touched your eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. I didn't touch a guy's eyes. Jesus did. His faith was to see. He wanted to see more than he wanted to walk. See, God knows it was up to me he would have walked and probably I didn't know he's blind he would have run into something maybe knocked himself out he needed to see first thank <laughs> God good amen huh. you know a guy from Puxico called me one day and he was in a hospital at Cape and his stepmother had cancer, and she was so depressed. But she said, you know that preacher that you took me to hear?" and I also had gone to visit her and her husband in their home one time. She said, if you can get him to pray for me, I know I can be healed. He texted me. He didn't even call me, come to think of it. He texted me and said, Janet said, if you will pray, she knows she'll get a good report. She was in, waiting to go into, I don't know, an MRI or something. But anyway, the long story short is I texted back. I said, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And you know what? He texted me back later that day and said, she didn't have any cancer when they did the test. I said, hallelujah, the first healing I've ever had by text. (laughs) But I mean, it happens. You believe and don't confess negative words. The only thing that would be better is if Karen got a nicer vehicle than a RAV4 in the deal. I don't think she had complained. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we'll be happy for that. Thank you, Jesus. That's all right. I wasn't trying to stir you up anymore. <laughs> but we know Hebrews 11.1 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So we don't see that RAV4 yet, but you know what it's like because you've been driving one. I know what things are like, you know, and you hope for one to be yours one day because you need it. And so that's what you confess. Faith, you've got to confess, you've got to believe first because you can't confess something that you don't believe. If you believe Jesus Christ is Lord and he is your provider, he's Jehovah Jireh, and you have this certain need, then you can confess it because you already believe it. And then out of your confession, you know, what would you do? Well, you guys just run over to the Toyota place and start looking at them and find a color you like. That puts action to it. So be careful going making an offer until you got the money, you know, to pay for it. <laughs> all right. Acts chapter 10 verse 34. What do we find out there? Then Peter opened his mouth and said, "In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality." I'm trying to show you some scriptural principles here. You know, first of all, you have faith and so on. You you confess what his word says. And then, God's not going to do something for Pastor Ken that he wouldn't do for Sheila. God doesn't have any preference over Kevin Ferguson. Uh, With Dave, you know, he loves us all the same. Now, we might get different kinds of blessings at different times as we each need them, just like children have a need for certain things when you were raising them, I tell you what, sometimes they'd need a pair of tennis shoes. I'd say, man, I, I'm not going to say feet stopped growing, but my boys, their feet were going, growing out of whack. You know, Zach wore 13 there at one time, 12, 13. And, you know, he his feet just kept growing. He was expensive. You start getting those nice tennis shoes that they got to play basketball with and all. But I had four had two volleyball players and two basketball players and you know and you got to raise them all And you try not to show any partiality i tried to treat all my kids kind of the same way as best that i could you know and that's the way god is he doesn't have any partiality he doesn't love Caleb more than he loves john he doesn't love john more than he loves randy back there he loves us all there's no partiality with god now, we will say this, let's put a little de- definition to it, though. He's not going to give you something you're asking for if you're out running with the world yeah. and you're wasting what he has for you and you're not doing what he tells you to do. You know, I think Pastor Ken said it. When you bring your tithing offering into the storehouse, what's he do? He makes that 90% go a lot farther, doesn't he? And then when he tells you to give and sow into something, like Zach had all his money. I had all my money within a few days to go to Mexico last time. It was amazing. It was, I didn't have to beg and plead and borrow. But I used to put on things on Facebook, you know. Uh, what do they call that? Go fund GoFundMe. I didn't have to do that. God provided There's no partiality with God, see? He knows how to take care of you. But when you obey Him and you're sowing, you're going to reap. That's a principle. He's going to provide for you. So you confess His Word in good standing, see? That's what I'm saying. You know you've obeyed Him. You're doing your best to serve Him. You love Him. You believe in Him. You trust in Him. And He will take care of you he will provide for you he's not a partial God then we see Hosea 4 6 my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten the law of your God I also will forget your children man that's terrible he said the people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't get into the Word. How many of y'all love to read the Word of God? You know, that's the knowledge you need. That's what builds your faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So it's knowledge. If you don't get knowledge, you don't get into the Word, how are you going to operate in the kingdom? It's like being blind behind the steering wheel of a car. You know, but when you get a Word... You hang on to it. That chiropractor in Guadalajara, I gave him a word that his wife was going to have a baby son, and I just went on my merry way. I didn't think any more about it. And uh, it was 12 years. I'd been going to that church. i have been going to that church for 30 years now. But I gave him a word 12 years later. His wife could not have a child. She didn't have the right parts. God healed her. She had a baby son 12 years after I prophesied it to him. He said, I never quit believing what you prophesied because I know who you are in the Lord. And your words always come to pass that I speak for the Lord. And so it did. And he came and showed me that baby boy. 12 years after I gave him that word. Now he gave offerings. How'd he do it? He had me come to his chiropractic office and he gave me adjustments. Two or three times when I was down there. Different times. One time he did it in the pastor's office. He had me get up on the table. <laughs> the staff table, you know. That was crazy. And he twisted me like a pretzel and had me snap, crack, on pop. Then I went down all loose and Feeling good when I preach that night. <laughs> but, you know, he was faithful to God and God was faithful back to him because he did not stop believing. That's why I'm hanging on for year number 39 to come to a close in January. If I got to wait to 40, I'm going to get up like Moses. I'm going to go to the mountaintop and come down with the glory of God. I tell you what. But He is faithful. Do not let up. Press in. Don't give up on the word God gave you. Because he will fulfill it. And by the way, the chiropractor's wife had a second baby. And it's a little girl. God opened her womb. And they had two babies. And he said that was their miracle children. Then we see in John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Now the word of God says, whomever the Son sets free is free indeed. He doesn't say the truth shall set you free. That's always a misquotation. said, you shall know the truth, that's the word of God, and the truth shall make you free. That word in the Greek for uh, make is to manufacture. You shall know the truth, and he shall manufacture your freedom. It's a process. Sometimes you get delivered of drinking or alcohol or or drugs or something, but then you need the process of going to groups, uh, getting counseling, whatever it is, and it makes you free, hallelujah. He's manufacturing your freedom. He's bringing you into a place to where you have the tools to maintain your freedom because he's given it to you. That's pretty awesome. It really is. Luke chapter 11, verse 24 through 26. I'll tell you this, don't open negative doors. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace... His goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. He who is not with me is against me. He who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, talking about the evil spirit, I will return to my house from which I came, and when he comes, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes. Okay, think about what we just read. When he finds the house clean, swept, and in order. My wife's a counselor at SEMO. So many times she'll have clients that they get sober somewhat, but they don't follow through, some of them. And they end up back where they were, and even worse. She had two clients this past year overdose. It really bothered her. One of them talked about the Lord all the time. But you see, you can't just get sobered and then... Walk around like you don't have anything you got to deal with. You got to keep your guard up. You got to guard your house. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Boy, that's why we got to pray for people. You know, it's grievous when you know somebody that has heard the truth and you've tried to help them, but they've lost their way and they don't maintain their sobriety by staying connected and staying in, under the word of God, being trained, being made a disciple. See, he didn't ever say, go make converts. The scriptures say, go into all the world and make disciples of all men, teaching them and baptizing them. You know, He, he wants us to make disciples. Disciples are discipline. That's where the word discipline comes. Disciples are followers of Christ. That's what it means, Christ's follower, a disciple. So, You've got to get people to follow Christ. They cannot have one foot in the mud and one in a clean bathtub. You know, it doesn't work that way. They're dirty, even though the right foot's clean. They need to get in with everything that they've got and say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. I'm willing to go with you Jesus will never steer a person the wrong way. He'll never take them down the wrong path. He will show them how to go. And that's what he's saying. You know, don't get your house clean and then don't fill it up. No, you got to fill it up with the Holy Spirit. Don't open any doors, you know, and and that's where some people blow it. And what do they say Randy and AA? you got to change what? Your your people, your places, your things, or whatever. you got to change your environment if you're going to maintain your freedom. So you can't keep going down to the bar room if you want to maintain your sobriety. Oh, but I'm witnessing. Yeah. Let me go down there and witness to them. I don't have a drinking problem. I don't even like it. You yeah. know. Uh, I can go and witness to them down there. I'm not going to go hang out there, but you know what I mean. It, it takes God to get a hold of a person's heart. And you keep loving them. You can keep talking to them, keep inviting them, and eventually they come. And so things get better. Well, see, we got to understand a little bit of the Jewish roots about it here. Let's go to Leviticus. Leviticus 16, 14-22. He shall take some of the blood of the bull and sprinkle it with his finger on the mercy seat, on the east side. And before the mercy seat, he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. You know, seven's a number of completion. So he was completely blessing... With his mercy, because of seven times, that's what it stands for. And then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull. And sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions, for all their sins. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting, which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle meeting, when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place, until he comes out, that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, for all the assembly of Israel." And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull, some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. What a picture. Then 20. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place, the tabernacle meeting and the altar... He shall bring the live goat. Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel. Now, iniquities are not transgressions. Iniquities are a habit of transgressions. See, God forgives, you know, God forgive me. I didn't mean to do that, okay. But when there's an iniquity, it's when they do it repeatedly, over and over and over. You ever done something over and over and over like, God, help me. How on earth am I ever going to serve you? I can't get over this one problem. But that's the iniquities that, that he's talking about. Of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. That's where we get the term scapegoat. Yep. He sends the goat out into the wilderness representing the sins the goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an uninhabited land and he shall release the goat in the wilderness so there's a picture of God's mercy and sending your sins away Psalm 51 is a great one if you want to read it on your own talks about transgressions iniquities and sin it's a progressive thing you start out with transgressions, then it, after going and doing it over and over and over, then it's iniquity. Then you do iniquities long enough, then you have a reputation for that particular lifestyle. So that's where people get into trouble, is they have gone through the progression of sin. But he sets that goat out in the wilderness to take your sins away. You know and the scripture says he has forgiven your sins as far as the east is from the west. He's forgiven you. the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the blood of animals and he did it once and for all. we don't have to make sacrifices of blood of the blood of goats and bulls and lambs anymore we have the blood of Jesus that did it and it was good enough. So now you can be forgiven and any time you need to go to him, you can go to him. uh, Hebrews 4.16, you can go boldly to the throne of God to obtain grace and mercy in your time of need. So it doesn't matter what it is. Just go to him. Get rid of it. Let him take it away. And then let's see what I have here. Uh, Luke 8 2. Let's look at a couple more. Oh, is it? Well, let me see if I skipped something. Exodus? Yes. That was my final scripture. I must have missed that in my notes in Luke 8 2 for when I sent it to Zach. Let me see here. I'll find it. Luke 8 and 2. It says, And certain women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Woo! She had seven demon spirits come out of her. She became one of Jesus' best followers because she came and hung around and listened to his teachings, and, and she was truly transformed. And then we see, and of course, Luke, I've already read out of Luke chapter 11, but you know, that's where seven spirits could come back. She got rid of hers and they stayed gone because she filled up her house with Jesus' teachings. So it's possible. Here's a saying. Rain comes, but you still have to stop the insects. you notice the, the bugs come after the rain? Well, you still have to deal with the insects, even if it rains. In other words, you can get blessed But know this, that the enemy is not just giving up because you got blessed. You know, when the rain comes, you still got to deal with the insects. Let me see here. See, I got my notes and I turned it sideways. I got one last little thing. You see, an alarm, we always had alarms when we lived in Florida. Had them on the church building. Had them on our houses. And when we were going to bed at night, we'd set the alarm. If a window got violated or a door got violated, the alarm would go off. I remember I was always the first name on the list. I had to change that after a while because it was just wearing me out. And when the alarm would go off at the church, you know how many times I had to go over there because a spider crawled in front of a motion detector? (laughs) That's when I wish I had a better bug company. It came in to spray, (laughs) but the alarm would go off. It worked. The motion detector. Actually, the spider crawled right up on the motion detector and went right across it, and it made the alarm go off at the church. (laughs) But, you know, we need an alarm, don't we? The Word of God, our conscience, the Holy Spirit in us will go off when we have something. Of violations about to take place in our life, or something. Anyway, Philip, let's go on to Exodus 12 now. There. And, huh? Oh, it's behind me? Verse 1 through 3. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the 10th of this month, Every man shall take for himself a lamb according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And then verse 13. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. We know that he warned Pharaoh and told him, you know, if you don't let... God's people go, you know, you're gonna have to pay, uh, and it would be the firstborn of all the families that 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 spirit would take. And of course, Pharaoh was cocky and he wouldn't listen to him, and he he just resisted him. And Moses told all the children of Israel, when you sacrifice the lamb, you take the blood and you put it over your doorpost, and when the that spirit would come over the spirit of death would come over it wouldn't strike the firstborn of their family but it'd pass over them you know we used to sing a, a a song like that. when i see the blood i will pass i will pass over you something like that but it was the truth you know you're covered and marked with the blood of jesus so the enemy has no right To come to your household and to take your firstborn or your children or your family. You know, you stand in the truth of God's Word knowing He is with you to bring you into full victory. Amen? Hallelujah. How many are going to believe for something and you're going to have a positive speech with your tongue? You're not going to say negatives. Don't say negatives. Steve knows it, my Aunt Elsie. If I ever said anything, my Aunt Elsie would be quick to say, Don't say that. Don't confess that. And sometimes I thought, Well, that's a little over the top, isn't it, Aunt Elsie? And she'd say, Oh, no, don't be saying anything negative. She was right. Don't be speaking negative words. You know, don't agree with the negative. Don't agree with your enemy. Speak positive words. You know, I might be coughing and sputtering, and there's nothing wrong with taking a little medicine, but don't confess that, oh, I feel like I'm going to die of the flu or something. No, don't be saying those kind of words. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm healed. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get a good night's sleep. I'm going to drink plenty of fluids. Uh, You know, if you have to take an aspirin, that's up to you. But, you know, you just confess the positive. Do not confess the negative and agree with it. Because you will get sick and sicker if you agree with it. So I'm just not agreeing with it. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get COVID. Nope. I'm not going to agree with it. They're saying COVID's coming back. Out. I, I don't care. I'm not being cocky. I'm just saying I am healed. I am well. I am healthy. And you should be too. And we're just going to resist any thought of covid Or the flu. I go there to Walmart and I get my blood pressure pill, and they say, Oh, I see you're 65 now. Are you ready for your flu shot yet? I said, Oh, oh, really? No, I'm sorry. I don't take the flu shot. I said, I haven't had the flu in 45 years. Did you know if I take that flu shot, what's going to happen to me? I'm going to get the flu. Then I'll never get rid of that thing. It'll come back at me every year. Now, uh, whatever you do is between you and the Holy Spirit. But I'm just telling you, I'm just not agreeing to get the flu. I'm not going to agree to get COVID. Don't you agree with it either? You know, be wise. Like I said, get your rest, drink plenty of fluids, yeah. whatever you got to do. Just don't be speaking death. The power of death and life is in the tongue. Stand with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that nobody will be confused by anything that I said here tonight, that they will get it clear in their heads, that they can trust in you with all their heart. They can believe the word that is in that Bible, that the scriptures are true, they're yes and amen, and that they can believe those words, and that they can have an active life without the enemy's imposition of sicknesses. I know that many have been attacked in this room right here with sickness in the past. But Lord, don't let it happen this year. We pray let them be healthy. Let them walk with strength and authority. And I pray thee in the name of Jesus that we stay well and protected under your hand. In Jesus' name, amen.